Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your kindness, your mercy, your love. We thank you for that mercy seat and how we need it, how we've been able to appropriate it, and we do so this morning as well. We, we give you the praise for the watching over the word, that you're here to make the word alive to our hearts, that each of us will hear what Holy Spirit is leading, teaching, and instructing us in today. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, so I'm going to dive right in. I am crazy passionate for the miraculous and the supernatural. I want us to be experiencing living in the supernatural, right? Psalm 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And uh, I want to, you know, if we're tasting the goodness of God, then we can't help but share, right? Every good restaurant is highly populated by humans. We pulled in a place the other day and uh, we were told it was good. Nobody was there. And I said, I don't know. Who, who gave this high ratings? Older children? Because there was, you know, nobody there, right? So wherever there's good food, you're going to find a crowd. And so it is with the Spirit. If we're tasting of the goodness of God, then we're going to be telling everybody about the goodness of God. We're going to be directing people to the goodness of God, and we're all going to be tasting of his goodness. Amen? So I want us tasting of that. That's verse 8 of Psalm 34. I want us tasting of the goodness of God. And it's so powerful for our own testimony, right? I want you to go over to Luke 13. Luke 13, verse 10, I'm going to start there. We're going to start with a couple of verses. I'm going to try to get into this a little bit today. Uh, I want to again talk about uh, this passage last week where we see that Jesus rebuked a spirit and the person was made well. Now, this is so uncommon uh, in churchism today. Uh, we're, you know, we just aren't familiar with this realm uh, when it comes to ministry, prayer, soul winning, evangelism, potlucks, whatever we're doing, for the most part, you know, it doesn't have some of these crazy elements to it, but this is Bible. So is it okay if we just go ahead and look at the Bible? So, because it's, it's different and it's different than what we're used to, different than maybe what we've been snacking on, but the result, the application of this, I guarantee will change your life. Okay. So Luke, Luke 13, 10. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman who for 18 years had a sickness caused by a spirit. What was the sickness caused by? It's caused by a spirit. So this, this is not, by the way, this is not to say never take medicine. This is not to say that sicknesses can't be physiological or biological. Uh, but it is to say something. It is to say that maybe a physiological, as it was with her, or a biological problem could be addressed or resolved or, or somehow through confrontation in the spirit, something could be shifted as a result of that so that the biological or the physiological thing could be changed. Is that all right? Because we, you know, you might say to me, you know, well, no, she was bent over. You might say to me, no, they actually have cells that are going nuts and multiplying. That's cancer. No, they actually have a virus. No, they actually have something wrong with their spine. You might be able to point out something to me or to one another that's physiological. So then you say, well, no, what they need is this. 
And so they need this application of the medical community, the medical science, uh, a doctor's remedy. They need this application. But what if, what if what's causing that physiological or biological issue is actually being caused by a spirit? And so if it is, what if some freedom could, and something I talked to you last week about is that God is not running around. If you're a believer, oh, especially if you're a believer. No, 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 no. Especially if you're an unbeliever, actually. It's both, just both, say both. God is not running around withholding healing from you. He's not the cosmic killjoy. You, you, you don't have to petition him for 30 hours to get healing. You don't have to fast and pray for 20 years to get healing. God is not into this withholding healing thing. That's not, that's not, the, that's not the, the mood or the atmosphere of heaven toward us. So what happens is, is that Father is so willing to provide to send to, to release healing our way that we could have it potentially immediately unless there's a blockage. Maybe there's a blockage we're not aware of. And the way spirits work, this is kind of crazy, and you got to trust me on this. I've been doing this a long time. Some of you are new to us, new to me, uh, but you'll find out eventually and over time that deliverance is something that we've got some history on. And the way spirits work is spirits are lawbreakers. That's their nature. So they don't, spirits don't just leave situations or leave a person or leave things alone just because you're, you're a nice guy. It's their nature to cause trouble until they're dismissed. That's their nature. You ever seen a nice demon? Yeah. So she was bent over double. She could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, woman, you are freed from your sickness. Here's the superior one. Here's our representative. Here is, here is our atonement. Here is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Here is perfection. And so he has the authority to release her from her sickness and in doing so, what he's doing, he's dismissing demonic power. And he laid his hands on her with that, with that declaration over her. And immediately she should have stood up straight again and began glorifying God. But the synagogue leader, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, what did he do? He healed on the Sabbath. I thought this was deliverance ministry. Actually, he healed. Healing can come through deliverance ministry. Healing can come by dismissing a curse. I would venture to say you're free from a lot of curses that were actually present with you or with your lineage at some time. And you're free from them now, but you might not know you're free from them. 
Even on this topic right here, you might be thinking, well, you know, how come that's hung around? And how come I've dealt with this? And how come this has gone on so long? And how come I don't receive? And how come this? And how come that? And maybe I don't deserve. And maybe maybe it's not for all. And maybe it's just for a few. And, and so maybe you've got confusion on this very topic right here. But Father wants you to know Jesus saves, Jesus heals, Jesus delivers, Jesus restores. And he would prefer that you fight for that reality instead of resign to something less. You know why the Christian community is so prone to resign to salvation only? Because it has no tangibility to it. Salvation only has no tangibility to it. And so we have a tendency to back away from the things that require tangibility back here into a realm that's just between me and Jesus. Well, prove you're saved. Well, I really can't. Well, how do you know you're saved? Well, I kind of just know in my heart. And so we got this tangibility. Well, what's that mean? Well, I'm going to heaven in the future. Well, prove that. Well, I really can't. I, I really can't. So we have a tendency to back away from the things that require tangibility and just to move into private faith. And God wants you to believe for more. Jesus said, no, I didn't come just to get you born of the spirit. I came to give you life and life more abundantly. There's something more for you who believe than just saving faith and just this knowing within that you're right with God. There's actually something more. See, that knowing within that you're right with God has actually, it's actually present because the righteousness of Jesus has been imputed to your spiritual bank account. And when that righteousness was imputed to your spiritual bank account, it moved you into a unity, a oneness, a common union. We just celebrated a common union with the beloved, with Jesus. And in doing so, that puts you in a position of authority over the curse. Now, what is the curse? What, what is the curse? And uh, I, I, I want to go on. I want to I go into Luke real quick. I just want to seal this one, go into Luke 4, and I want to show you how Jesus prayed because Jesus was not subject to the curse on the earth, nor was he subject to the curse of the law. Now, the curse of the law is the curse of falling short of the law. And Jesus was subject, not subject to either one of those. And so we see him operating in his perfection and we see him operating in authority. But here's the thing is the Bible is telling you you're supposed to operate the same way. Remember, justified means just as if you never sinned. Anybody justified in this building today? How about we start acting like we're justified? How about we start acting like, well, but I just sinned. Well, how about, did you make it right after you just sinned? Well, yeah, I, I, I did. I, yeah, I, I reapproached Father and I, I reengaged with the blood of Jesus. Well, then continue to act justified. Continue to act just as if. See, I, I know, I know you that are born again in this room, you that are born of the Spirit, you don't let sin linger long. 
and you don't let sin mark you with a wrong identity. See, you know that you are a son and a daughter of God because of what Jesus has done, and you know how to keep yourself close to him and right with him by re-engaging with the sacrifice of his son. And you in this room aren't practicing sin, though once in a while you have a shortcoming. Is that right? Do I know that about you? Is that good? Luke chapter 4, verse 38. Then he got up and left the synagogue. This is Jesus. And he entered Simon's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever. And they asked him to help her. By the way, fever is listed in Deuteronomy 28. Now we're going to go to Deuteronomy 28 in just a moment. That's where we're headed next. But fevers are actually listed. All sorts of sickness and disease plus... Six, uh, 53 other verses of curses are listed in Deuteronomy 28. That's the curse of the law. And fever is actually listed as one of those. And so here comes perfection. Here comes holiness. Here comes the lamb slain. Here comes the one who has taken our place. By the way, did you know that he, in his healing, Matthew records this in chapter 8. Matthew records he did all of this in his perfection, in his, and not his perfection, not his divinity. Don't get that, don't, don't say divinity. Remember, he had set his divinity aside. But Matthew said he did this in order to confirm what Isaiah had written about him in chapter 53. He did this. And so here, here it says, Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked him to help her. In some translations it says they asked him to pray for her. Now the way I used to pray, the way I would have prayed for Simon's mother-in-law, I, I would have prayed one of those religious prayers. I thought for a long time the more religious the prayer, the more holy I was. I, I thought for a long time that the longer the prayer, the more powerful. And I thought the deeper I could get with religious phraseology, and especially if I could include a scripture or two. That would really impress the Lord. And it would impress me inwardly. I needed to kind of work my faith up. You ever had to work your faith up? It's kind of like, you know, you, it's, it's like you get a little faith pump. And I, I don't know, it's, you know, it's probably on your side somewhere, but it, you know, but it inflates something on the inside and you, and you, you know, you're building yourself up a little bit. But look what Jesus did. Jesus didn't pray one of those long, you need a caller kind of prayers. It says, and standing over her, he rebuked the fever and it left her. Did you hear that? I'm going to encourage you right now, trade in your long prayers. Trade in your long petition prayers. Trade those in and just start trying some short prayers of authority. Just start, just try, start trying some short prayers with authority and just command stuff to change. Command fevers to go. Command sickness to go. Command anything that is relative to the curse. Do you know who the guardian of the curse is, by the way? Do you know who the guardian of the curse is? Satan is the guardian of the curse. 
Demon spirits are the guardian of the curse. The curse of Genesis 3, the curse of Deuteronomy 28, demonic influence, demonic power. When God lifts his hand off of a thing, then it's not like that stuff can exist in neutrality. There's no such thing as spiritual neutrality. When God lifts his hand off of a thing, the demonic realm rushes in. When God shows up, like Jesus says, if I drive out demons with the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Wherever we go, there's actually a spiritual atmosphere we're encountering. It's either an encounter of faith and belief and courage and trust, yieldedness and tenderness to God, or it's an atmosphere of rebellion and distrust, unbelief, negativity, and the curse. And when we encounter that realm, we have now, you have now, hello, you now have the authority to confront that realm. We're going to get to that. Standing over her, he rebuked the fever and it left her and she immediately got up and served them. Let's go over to Deuteronomy 28 and uh, we might have it ready for the screens as well. I don't know. I jumped into a bunch of it for service. I didn't know how much I was going to go into. But this is an interesting passage, Deuteronomy 28. If you never understood how bad the curse could be, and what is the curse anyway, Deuteronomy 28 will help you see how bad it could be. How bad is it to be joined with the demonic realm? How bad is it to be subject to the demonic realm? How bad is it to be one with the demonic realm? How bad is it to be friendly, friend, uh, 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 unified, having communion with the demonic realm, right? How bad could that be? Well, Deuteronomy 28 is going to tell you how bad it could be, Okay. And I think it's a window. I think it's a, I think here we're getting a window into the curse that came on the earth in Genesis chapter 3. So in Genesis chapter 3, we see with the fall of man, with, with the fall of Adam, we see that a curse came over the earth and it shifted everything. And they were removed from the garden. They were removed from the blessing they were in. And they, they, they were uncovered. They saw themselves as naked. Remember that? And so blood was shed. They were covered with skins that, that God formed for them. But they were removed from the garden. And cherubim were set at the east side of the garden. And they were sent into a different realm outside of that which was a replica of heaven. Eden was a replica of heaven. It's where we're headed back to. Anybody headed back to Eden? That's where I'm headed. I'm headed back to Eden. Because I know that's what the Lord came to give us. So what did that curse look like? What came upon Seth? What came upon Cain, what, you know, what came upon the godless? It says, that, it says that violence increased in the earth 
And, you know, everything, there was all sorts of stuff going on. And this would have been the first exposure to sickness and disease and thorns and thistles and junk and crud. That would have been the first exposure, right? So then we get to a passage like this where the understanding of it, to, to grasp it fully, is, is a huge thing to grasp fully. But, but God begins to give directions, clarity, steps, insights on how to walk so that they could have relationship with him, love him well, be loved by him, and love one another. That's what the law is really all about. The law is summarized in loving God, loving yourself, loving your neighbor as yourself. And so how do we do that? And he gave them directions because the spirit had not yet been given. And so these directions are outlined in the first five books of the Bible. It's the Torah, it's the law. And so these directions are outlined. And then he attaches blessings to it. But then he also enumerates curses if they don't follow. Now they were constrained to follow every single one of his commandments in the Torah. Not just the Ten Commandments, but something like 613 commandments in the Torah. They were constrained to follow those in order to receive these blessings. And so this is where we get, this is a passage, Deuteronomy 28, where we get the blessings of keeping the law and the curses of not keeping the law. So when we hop over to, Genesis, uh, to Galatians 3, and we get over there, and we see that we have been redeemed from the curse of the law, this is where it came from. This is the curse of not following all of the law. And the curse of not following the law was essentially the curse of rebellion. It was the curse of stepping outside of what God gave them so that they would love him well, love themselves, and love their neighbor. So, no, I don't want to do that. Okay, well, if you don't want to do that, that means you're partnering with the one that your father Adam partnered with in the garden. If you're going to partner with him, then you're going to be under the same curse he's under. You're going to be actually operating in his sphere. So here's what I think about Lucifer. This is what, this is what father is saying. Here's what I think about Lucifer. I'd like to put boils on him. I'd like to put cancer on him. I'd like to, I'd like to see him consumed. Do you want, you still want to join up with him? Well, maybe not. But I want you to see that, I, I know, let's read some of this and we'll read some of the blessings and we'll read some of the curses. Is that all right? The, cur the curses go on a long time, church. 53 verses. Am I doing math pretty good? 53 verses, the curses. So here's the blessing. Now, now uh, maybe we can throw it on the screen. Do we have it? Okay. Now it shall be if you diligently obey the Lord your God, be careful, being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today. The Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. Now I'm going to stop right here. You're going to read essentially 14 verses of declarations. Now, when you read these declarations, I think it should tell you something. These are actually things you don't have to petition God for because we're going to read in a few minutes in Galatians 3 
that Jesus has qualified you for all these blessings and he has suspended the curse. If you are hidden in Jesus, as you've heard it through Sandy, through Joe, through the worship, through the songs today, who picked those songs? We don't even choreograph this. The Holy Spirit choreographs this. We sang about the blood of Jesus today. Then we had communion today. You know, when they picked the, when they picked the blood of Jesus song today, they didn't even know there was going to be communion today. That's how well the Holy Spirit choreographs these gatherings. Now, it shall come about. Now, what I wanted you to see is that the Lord's going to declare these blessings over you, right? Because you qualify for the blessings now because you're hidden in the beloved. You're hidden in perfection. You're hidden in the lamb. You're hidden in the beloved. You're hidden in him who fulfilled the law on your behalf, right? Now, it should come. let's go to the next verse, verse 2. Can we get there? Verse 2. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beast, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Let's just stop right there. If Galatians 3, let's go to Galatians 3, should we? Let's go over to Galatians 3. Let's, let's get over there real quick and read this because I'm I'm, I keep referring to it. I'm just referring to a little sandwich out of Galatians 3, and I know we're going to run out of time. So this is just a little bite out of Galatians 3. I encourage you to read the whole chapter. Everybody say Galatians 3. This is Paul writing to the church at Galatia. And so I encourage you to read the whole chapter of Galatians 3. Christ, this is verse 13, Christ redeemed us, Christ, not his last name, Messiah, supreme one, anointed one, the Christ, the anointed one, redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, if he redeemed us from the curse of the laws, that's, that, that's been suspended. 53 verses we're going to get to in a minute. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law, which is like this giant list, extrapolated list of the curse on Adam. Because Romans 5, you go over to Romans 5, verse 12, it's going to say that even before the law was given, death was imputed to mankind and men were under the sentence of death and the condemnation of death all the way from Adam until the law was given because sin was in the genetic structure and we were all therefore partakers in death with Adam because we were in his loins when he sinned. You got that? Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So this is interesting. There's actually, he's actually referring to two things right there. Because he, he reached in and he grabbed the Abrahamic covenant in the process. So we got the Mosaic covenant, the curse of it is suspended, the blessing of it is released, and in Christ we go back to the covenant before that and we become partakers of the promise to Abraham. So you get three goodies in one fell swoop. 
Is that all right? Back to Deuteronomy 28. Say, redeemed from the curse. Redeemed from the curse of the law. Redeemed from the curse of falling short. Anybody falling short in this room? Did you ever have the thought after falling short, and even though you made things right with God, did you ever have the thought come to your mind that, that maybe what you were going through, you deserved to go through it because of what you had done? Anybody ever have that thought come to your mind? Yeah, there's one honest person. Praise the Lord. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Good. Okay, ten honest people. Good. Okay, so this is part of what he wants you to see right here when, when we think about this is that you have to have a confidence within you. Like if you're... If you're petitioning God to be blessed in the city and blessed in the country, blessed when you go out and blessed when you come in, if you're petitioning God and trying to wear him out, trying to talk him in to what he already commanded over you, then it could be you've got an inner issue of doubt and unbelief. It could be you've got something within you saying you don't deserve it, you don't measure up, you're not good enough, you just had a bad thought three minutes ago. It could be that you actually should have raised your hand with those 10 that just did. And actually, you're not able to acknowledge the commanded blessing over you because you're a partaker of these blessings in the beloved because he qualified you because he fulfilled the law on your behalf. Are you, did you hear me? Let's pick it back up. Verse six, blessed shall you be when you come in, blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise up against you and be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. How many of you know you should stop worrying about enemies right now? How long do you need to petition God to get that one to come to pass? That three-day petition of yours, you should have been petitioning to get rid of doubt and unbelief. And then just receive the blessing of my enemies are scattered. My enemies are scattered. Well, you didn't shout on that one. The Lord will command the blessing upon you and your barns. The Lord will what? The Lord will what? command. Verse 8, are you following? The Lord will command the blessing on you. Oh, God, please bless our barns. God, bless our barns. And he's saying, have you read the scripture lately? Have you, have you, have you checked this out? I'm already blessing you. But I'm not seeing the blessing. Oh, it could be there's a little curse sneaking over into my life that needs to be confronted. Maybe I need to rebuke a fever. Maybe I need to rebuke a devil. Maybe I need to confront something. Maybe I need to use the authority he's given me in the beloved. Maybe I need to act like the supreme one that I am. I know when Joe got up here and started talking about your beauty and your perfection, when he started talking, I felt it in the room. I felt, I felt air get sucked out of the room. How dare this elder of this church talk about us frail, fragile, messed up humans like we got beauty and perfection. I felt that. I felt a couple critical thoughts behind me somewhere out here. 
But see, you're hidden in the beloved. You're hidden in the beloved. You're hidden in the beloved. The beauty that he sees you in is because you're hidden in the beloved. The perfection he sees you in, you're hidden in the beloved. It's not you outside of him. It's not you. It's not you independent of him. It's not you because you're something cool. It's you because you have chosen to yield to him. You've, you've come under the spout where the blessings come out. You've chosen to submit to him. You've chosen to make him your life. You've chosen to rely upon him. You've chosen to look to him. So Father sees you in him. And he sees you perfected in him. He sees you completed in him. He sees you finished in him. He sees you amazing in him. All right, we're not even getting to the curses. Let's jump down to the curses. I just want you to see that Father is commanding a blessing over you. Next time you're wearing yourself out in a deep petitionary prayer, I know this is offending some of you. The next time you're wearing yourself out in a deep petitionary prayer, shift that into an affirming prayer, affirming prayer. Father, I know I'm blessed today. I receive blessing from you today. Father, as I go out today, I know that I'm the head and not the tail. I know that I have your favor upon my life, Father. Father, I'm hidden in the beloved. I'm coming into you. I'm hidden in the beloved because I'm hidden in the beloved, Father. I know that my kitchen is blessed, that my pantry is blessed, that my cars are blessed, that my family is blessed. I, I, I get into agreement with you, Father, that my children are blessed. I, I get in agreement with you, Father. This isn't, this isn't television hype. This is the word of God. Either you believe it or you don't. Either you adjust your heart to it or you don't. This is not artificial. This is not garbly goo. This is Bible. And we need to get back to Bible. Get back to Bible. Get back to Bible. I got one minute to read some curses. Curses, curses. Say redeemed from. Say redeemed from. It shall come about if you do not obey the Lord your God and observe all of his commandments, all of his commandments, A-L-L, -L, all of his commandments and his statutes today. Oh, I'm so glad that Jesus fulfilled all of his commandments. I'm so glad Jesus fulfilled every single commandment. 613 of them, 613 of them. Then all these curses will come upon you and they'll overtake you. Cursed you'll be in the city, cursed you'll be in the country, cursed will be your basket and your kneading bowl, cursed will be your offspring. Confusion, I'm getting, jumping down to verse 20. Confusion, rebuke. Oh, rebuke, you'll be rebuked. What in the world? You're supposed to rebuke the curse, but the curse will rebuke you. If you don't know who you are, and if you have not come into Jesus, the curse will rebuke you. Well, I think I'm gonna start a business. Oh, you are not. Well, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna grow. I'm gonna go to take some classes. You are not. 
You can hear it in your own head. I rebuke you. Who just rebuked me? The curse is rebuking you. But I'm here to tell you that you're not under the curse. Jesus has redeemed you from the curse. And when you hear the curse, when you hear the curse, when you hear the curse, when you feel the curse, when you witness the curse, when the curse comes around you or near you, you're the one that should rebuke the curse. You're the one that should rebuke the curse. Listen, listen, verse 22, consumption, what in the world is consumption? I don't even know what consumption is. It sounds bad. Consumption, fever, inflammation, fiery heat, and with sword, blight, and mildew, I'm guessing that mold's included somewhere, it will pursue you until you perish. Guess what? It doesn't pursue me. Now here's the deal. Listen, listen, listen to me. We can shout all day about how we're free from the curse, but the curse is a lawbreaker. The curse is enforced by the enemy, and the curse wants to sneak through the cross and steal from you, lie to you, convince you of things that things belong to you appetites belong to you. Did you know the deliverance from the curse and the cross is so deep that it breaks it breaks the power of lineage over you. It breaks the power of lineage over you. I prayed for a woman this morning who came to service with stage four cancer and as we're talking and she's telling me about it, she's 88. She says, it's about time to go, but she says, yeah, and my mom died at 90 from the same thing. Now, I know she's got to pass away. I know she's going to die sometime, but I just, when I heard that, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. See, what happens is sometimes we let the curse sneak through the cross, but the cross put it all to death. And we think the only thing the cross put to death was our sinful nature and our old creation life. But in the cross, everything in those 53 verses was put to death. Everything in those 53. Fever was put to death in the cross. Viruses put to death in the cross. Cancer put to death in the cross. Heart disease put to death in the cross. Pancreatitis put together in the cross. There's everything that's included in those 53 verses and whatever isn't, by the way, was put to death in the cross and has no authority against you, whether it shows up in your world or not. Don't be, don't be confused by something showing up in your world. Oh, uh, I guess, oh, I guess I got to deal with this. I got... I got this going on now. I don't know why I got this going on. You don't need to know why. The devil's an equal opportunity attacker. Just rise up and get it off your life. Get it out. Get it out. Get it out. We got to quit. I'm going to open the front. I'm going to open the front. 
Listen, 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 listen. Prayer team, come forward. Destiny team, come forward. Let's make ourselves available for prayer. Is there some element of the curse? We didn't go through all 53 verses, forgive me. But is there some element of the curse? Something that's just not right. Something that is not a blessing in your life. That has snuck through the cross. You've been unsure if you have why it's even there. You've been unsure if you have the authority to dismiss it. You, you've been unsure if it has to go. You've been unsure about it. The Lord wants to set you free this morning, this morning, this morning. This is your morning of freedom. Any little element of the curse that snuck its way through the cross, you are free from it in Jesus. Say this with me. Father, I receive deliverance today from the curse of the law. I receive mending of heart, unity with you, common union. I receive the work of the blood of Jesus, the shed blood of Jesus, the beaten body of Jesus. I receive that it was on my behalf that I might receive the blessing. And I agree right now with you Every cursed work, cursed word, cursed thing, it has to leave me alone. It's trespassing against me and no longer able to stay. I dismiss it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come and get prayer, come and get prayer, come and get prayer as we worship. Thank you for listening. If you were blessed by this message and have a desire for more or a desire to give, we invite you to join us at newhorizonchurch.org and download our New Horizon app in your Play Store and App Stores. Remember to follow us and share and invite a friend. Catch you next time for your listening enrichment and spiritual growth. This is New Horizon Church Sermons, where heaven meets earth.